Welcome everyone to the first episode of Carbon Neutrals podcast. I'm your host Jason Chu and today we are honored to be talking to Justin Chang, the head ambassador of ISIA HK or uh, Interschools Social Issues Association. And what ISIA does is basically they are a international youth-led nonprofit based in Hong Kong and they aim to create a network of collaborative platform for discourse on social issues. So good morning, good afternoon, Justin Chang. Um, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jason? Um, I'm great, thank you. So let's begin with, you know, what is your role as like just introduce yourself? What do you do in ISIA HK? Um, you know, what do you guys want to promote? Just like a basic introduction. All right, just a quick introduction into ISIA before um, my role in it. Uh, ISIA is quite a big interschool organization in Hong Kong. And what they primarily focus on, as you've said, is um, social issues. And in a way, that's a really broad field of inquiry and discussion. But uh, we try to make our um, club quite diversified in that sense. So therefore, um, what I am trying to do right now is to create this network of inter-school chapters. And what these chapters basically function as is like a physical club within each school as a representative representative of ISIA. So what we're trying to do is uh, leverage the amount of people we have and the amount of students from various schools in Hong Kong that we have to have these really big projects um, between schools. We think that this is a really unique idea because um, you don't really see uh, student-led projects between schools in Hong Kong much. Most of the time it is just within one school. So my role essentially is to coordinate these um, inter-school projects and in the long term, create a sustainable platform for various projects. So I was just wondering, um, Jason, what is your role in Carbon Neutral right now? Um, so I've just recently created Carbon Neutral. I mean, recently, as in like past seven, eight months, like pretty dedicated uh, towards it. But I'm the founder of Carbon Neutral, you know, massive title. Um, <laughs> Uh, basically, I created it to promote youth voices, mainly in the in the uh, area of climate change and the climate crisis. So, what our uh, what my project does is essentially target carbon emissions. So, things such as like carbon sequestration, you know, carbon capture, any sort of things, um, you know, available in the world, you know, we'll do it. We'll try to do it. Anything that can be done by youth, you know because we don't have money for like, you know, big machinery. So, um, so one of our projects actually right now is to do tree planting with um, a little bit of artificial intelligence and coding. Uh, so we are actually going to be collaborating with a couple of groups on that and, you know, just like help make Hong Kong a better place. So yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. That's great. Um, so we'll just be go. We'll just be going over some uh, quick questions uh, in this segment of the episode right now. Uh, we are yeah. just hoping to provide uh, some insights into how, uh, even though both of our, even though your club and my club is uh, quite different in terms of our aim, we think that there is some common ground in terms of how we started our own projects within it and also how we are um, coordinating them in the long term. So my first question for you, Jason, is, how are you collaborating with other organizations to extend your impact uh, in the past or right now? So especially with one of our projects currently, it, you know, I struggle with coding a bit myself and, you know, I'm not the best avid coder, you know, I don't do it for fun. I don't take computer science, but 
I do have a couple of people um, such as, you know, Girls in AI or STEM Pact or Maker Bay, you know, those are organizations in Hong Kong that, you know, advocate sort of, you know, programming and coding for, you know, the youth or, you know, for the uh, greater community of Hong Kong. So um, it's definitely good to sort of collaborate with organizations, especially in something that I'm not, you know, too, I don't, it's not really my strong suit, which is coding. So um, it's definitely great to implement more people, uh, a greater community, you know, it's always better. And collaborating with these organizations also, I guess, helps you learn sort of the fact that, you know, even though, you know, I'm working on carbon capture, and they're just learning about programming, you know, we can always find a way to link these together. And, you know, to help help our projects progress. So, um, you know, same question to you. Um, so how are you collaborating with other organizations to extend your impact? Yeah, very similar to um, your kind of um, idea of collaborating with other student initiatives, because there are certainly some common ground. And also, um, as, um, as most people say, in high school, it is the time where you have, it is, it is the stage of your life where you have the most time to um, really delve into uh, your passions and also just explore them. So uh, similar to that, um, actually from where I met you, Jason, uh, from um, a collaboration with Kids for SDGs, we had a networking event and there were many different, um, many different student-led organizations and essentially it, it just functioned as a conference. And this networking event is probably one of the first physical events we've had since COVID. Uh, with COVID, we have been trying to do a lot of collaborations with um, other, other organizations, but in the form of um, online means. Um, this would include like different ISEA forums we've had, but however, it is hard for me as the head ambassador of ISEA to speak for the whole of ISEA because everyone has their own unique projects going on and everyone's in their own department. Um, but for just for the school ambassador team, what has happened to us is that each of us has been working on a unique pr project. And in the past, I was also a school ambassador. So I worked with Amnesty um, to do some podcasts in terms of uh, content related to social issues. And there was also um, another school ambassador uh, who did um, SCRRC, which is a podcast that they still have right now. And this is in collaboration with the podcast team and ISIA. Uh, they some, some of the times they get resources from them. But then again, uh, with ISIA, collaboration uh, really happens on, a, on various levels and it is happening simultaneously uh, because every own department, as I've said, just to reiterate, is that they're quite their own working functional unit. So um, collaboration is in the future going to be even more for ISIA, but um, at the moment, collaboration really happens on a multitude of levels. But as soon as uh, the COVID pandemic lessens and is less severe in Hong Kong, we'll definitely try to promote more of these networking events as we've found these physical networking events much more effective than um, events in the past where we were just only doing online forums. So definitely um, future collaborations would involve more uh, physical events and perhaps it wouldn't even be uh, project collaborations, but just um, events where uh, we allow, we provide a platform for different organizations to understand one another. So that, that, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, collaborating and, you know, having so many 
initiatives on your plate and finding common ground it must be quite difficult and sort of exploring that you know it's pretty pretty impressive i gotta say um okay so i have another question for you justin um so in terms of asia so so what exactly do you do or like what are your approaches to create more engagement within your organization mm. so for um increasing engagement this has actually been one of our largest issues on our plate for isia uh, especially with a club that is this big and being really one of the first inter-school um, organizations led by a student uh, it has been very difficult to keep track of every moving member of isia as well as um communicating effectively with them. And that has been especially true for my uh, for my team. Uh, for the school ambassador team, the main challenge is that everyone has their own work and project. And it has been very difficult to um, keep track of what they're working on. But what I have implemented this year, uh, since last year, um, at the end of last year, um, the school, the head ambassador position was given to me by Mansi, who was the head ambassador before after seeing that I, it was basically impossible to establish a chapter in CDNIS. So in a way, everything was left behind to me in kind of a hurry. So I, I did a lot of reflection. I also did ask asked for a lot of advice from both um, my CAS coordinator, asked a lot of advice from some of my teachers and also obviously worked a lot internally with um, SCR execs and in a way, I've come to the conclusion that in order to keep initiative up, you have to divide um, each project into micro tasks. And what that means is that you have to provide these templates, uh, platforms, whatever you need um, to help them feel like they're progressing, even though they're doing a really long-term project. Uh, what happens most often with long-term projects is that they lose initiative as they feel like they're not really moving much. Um, as time passes. So really what I'm trying to refurbish the system into is a more manageable and more awarding, rewarding uh, system. So um, yeah, that's been one of the ways um, I've tried to increase engagement. Um, what about you? Um, so basically for Carbon Neutral, um, the main thing for us is that, you know, we ask youth initiatives or youth, uh, just the youth in general to create their own projects. So basically we don't actually seek out for them to help. Um, so for example, for my tree planting project, right? I just put out, you know, that, you know, if you're interested or if you want to like help with tree planting or if you want to help with the coding, you contact me and then we can, you know, um, we can organize something. So I'm basically helping pursue what they want to do so therefore like engagement has been pretty pretty well so far in terms of the tree planning but of course you know some some people like they don't really feel like tree planning because you know it's like you know tiresome it's early in the morning you know it's like hot sun so like like physical labor like that's definitely i understand for that but then in terms of like um for the coding and for the programming stuff you know organizations have been more than happy with me to work on these projects because you know it's something new something different it's also to do with sustainability so it helps their organization as well so in terms of getting 
uh, people engaged. So far, it hasn't been much of a problem. I mean, apart from physical labor, which is like a different story. But in terms of helping, you know, boost our organization itself, uh, hasn't really been much of a problem. Of course, I, I in the future, this might be a problem because, you know, we, we're going to have to expand to different things as well. Uh, so up until now, because it's relatively new, our projects, um, it's been okay. But I mean, in the future, I expect there to be some, you know, like friction between some people, but yeah, it should be okay for now. Yeah, definitely. Um, similar to what you were saying about um, providing like this platform for people to um, engage with uh, these more, these bigger issues that people may uh, view as intangible some of the times, because like obviously with um, climate change, it almost seems like um, a student can't really do much about it, right? So very similar to that, but yeah. Uh, definitely, I think when you do expand out, there will be challenges with that. But um, what I'm really wondering is what challenges have you faced in your initiative uh, up till now? Um, yeah, so definitely um, what you just said about, you know, how some 16, 17 year old, you know, in the school in the middle of Hong Kong can do something to do with climate change, you know, like, I really can't do much, you know, like, some of the biggest carbon, like the main carbon capture machines are like massive, like million ton machines in the ocean that cost billions of dollars to create, you know, run by like scientists all around the world. Like I, I can't do that, right? Like there's no way that I'm able to do that because I don't have a profession, I don't have the expertise, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, you know? So given those, those challenges, um, I devised the way I was like, you know, tree planting, right? Sounds a bit boring, sounds a bit plain, but, you know, it actually, it can potentially become something bigger if you add some stuff in, you know? So tree planting itself, you know, going there, plant trees, you know, a good job, you know, you just re replanted some trees, but, you know, it does help a lot. But why don't you make that process more efficient uh, by implementing, you know, artificial intelligence? Uh, right now, we're just trying to gather data on satellite imaging as well. Um, so currently, that's been working really well. I'm basically um, making the uh, the process of planting trees more autonomous, which I mean, the whole world's becoming anyway. So why not take something super ancient, super old, super basic, and you know, add some new ideas to it? I mean, it's 2021. It's time to like you know, implement some cool, innovative solutions inside. Sure. Yeah. So what about you? Because I I heard that you know, collaborating with other people. Um, it's a lot of difficulties in that sort of area. So are there any, any other challenges that you have faced? Right, definitely not. Um, uh, with my project, it's definitely not as innovative and as flashy as what you do with AI and satellite imaging. But, you know, with my task, it is very similar. It is still at the end of the day working with people, right? Everyone has a very diversified set of um, interests. And when you going into a club like Essia and you taking like a leadership position, it really boils down to um, addressing all of these passions and giving them the freedom to um, develop their own projects while also providing the necessary support for it. So what I realized with Essia is almost like the disconnect between the main Essia team and school ambassadors. What happened was um, everyone was so fixated on working on their own project, which is really great. We have some really hardworking and passionate individuals in ISEA. But what happened was 
the school ambassadors who wanted to create a team of members to pursue the projects, whether it is um, some mental health advocacy or on some um, social issues, they want to create a magazine or if they want to even do larger networking events or forums or even fairs. Uh, it has always been like quite difficult for them because um, they weren't able to draw resources from this really big club and they don't know who to contact, right? So the ch main challenge here uh, basically is um, communication within the uh, club. Between the ISEA branch of, um, let's say, podcast departments, um, art departments, or the, the magazine departments, it is so um, disconnected from the uh, school ambassadors. So what happened is like I made it my primary goal to be like a form of liaison between them and make communication better between them. But obviously this is still like um, a, pro a process. So we'll see how it goes, but that is one of the challenges we're facing. I mean, yeah, that definitely sounds like a bit of a struggle. You know, people like hire people uh, in companies to do this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being at such, you know, at our stage, you know, we have zero experience, you know, zero knowledge of how this stuff works, but we're trying to make it work. So that's, I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so just another question. I know is yes, the Interschools Social Issues Association. So how do you, how do you guys necessarily promote um, the youth voices in Hong Kong? Mm, very similar to um, what I said before, because it is also one of our challenges and also one of our primary goals. It is to promote youth voices uh, in terms of the field of social issues. And I know it may seem a bit cliche to say that your primary goal is to promote youth voices, but um, I think there are organizations that focus more internally and they just do projects that are mainly guided by teachers. But with us, we are completely separate from any schools. So we have that flexibility as well as that unique aspect of our organization where we don't really have to comply to the rules of, um, let's say for example, amnesty. If you, set it, if you set up a club in your school, first of all, you need teachers to um, monitor you, they'll limit you. Um, and there's also guidelines that you have to follow from Amnesty International. So what ESEA does with promoting youth voices is that we ensure that we are separate from uh, any schools and that we are free to essentially do what we want. Um, and there's also like diversity, as I've mentioned before, there's uh, multiple departments in ESEA and we also broadly define the aim of social issues so that each of these departments can really work towards their interests, whether it is um, creating art, um, doing documentaries, doing podcasts, um, making networking events, really like just having a really diversified group is what we want to aim for in order to promote all kinds of youth voices. Um, how do you promote youth voices in Carbon Neutral? Um, so, I mean, the whole point of Carbon Neutral is youth-led initiatives. So, uh, you know, we want to, because, you know, one of our main things and uh, so like, you know, youth-led initiatives, you know, the youth are the next generation of the world, you know, we have the opportunity to create a more sustainable future. I mean, right now, especially, um, you know, even though schools don't teach as much, I believe that, you know, we are the next people to live on the planet. Therefore, we yeah. should preserve the planet for the other next people, you know? 
So, you know, this, this may seem like a massive task, but I believe that, you know, because the youth, you know, because the youth, just the next generation, we can work together as sort of like a big team. And mm -hmm. if we make our voices heard and make our ideas be heard, then I believe that we can actually make a difference and make the world a bit more sustainable. And I believe that, you know, some some ideas that come from youth, like, um, I don't know, just like, you know, combining artificial intelligence and tree planning, like who would have thought that that could work? Like how, what, where, you know, what are the logistics of that? Mm. So I feel like, you know, why not try more ideas? You know, we can do, we can be the trial run of these ideas and then we can further implement it into the future. So I definitely believe that the youth voices, you know, we're the next generation. We got to start doing something. And, you know, our ideas, you know, some of them, you know, because they're so, you know, out of this world, you know, so different and nobody's ever thought of it. That's why people like, don't really think about it. Don't people don't really take it seriously. But, you know, if you actually try, some of the ideas may actually work. Yeah. So I believe that's one of the main ways we promote youth voices uh, in carbon neutral. I think uh, what you said about um, youth voices probably having a really fresh perspective as compared to our professionals, I definitely agree with that. Uh, some of the times, um, the ideas that um, the younger generation provides may seem riskier, but there's when they're passionate about it, they're willing to go to such lengths at it. And they also really have more time in the world than the older generation. So they're not as fixated in many kinds of responsibilities like uh, family responsibilities or like responsibilities to um, pay for their own education, at least in most of Hong Kong's population. So I'm just wondering with all of these like great ideas really, um, what, what successes have you had in your initiative so far? Um, so, you know, we have currently planted trees um, as one of our projects. So one of our many projects to come, but this is like, you know, the beginning of Carbon Neutral. Mm -hmm. um, so we have actually begun to plant trees using satellite imaging and a bit of AI. Um, so essentially what we do is we partnered with Arc Eden, uh, which is a environmental organization and preservation uh, organization in Hong Kong. And we went there, you know, we had a whole, I had to visit there like three, four times until we could plant trees. I had to learn about the whole process um, you know, planting trees in Hong Kong is not as easy to like, you know, put a seed in the ground, you know, you have to go through like government process, yeah. you have to go through like the logistic process, you know, like what trees you can buy, species, you know, it's very, very difficult uh, to actually plant trees in Hong Kong. And then I had to create a community in my school where people, you know, are interested in it because, you know, some people don't like, some people like the idea, but it's not bothered to do it. So um, I've been able to do that. And we've had around two tree planting sessions so far where we planted around over I think 300 plus trees together as a group which is fantastic you know we've forested some parts of Moiwo that we use satellite imaging to see and also for our initiative I mean me personally I got to speak at United Nations Asia Pacific Week Asia Pacific Climate Week which is you know a pretty big deal you know like a top conference yeah, it's pretty, pretty big. So I was quite, you know, honored with that role. Um, and I'm also becoming a UNITAR ambassador. Um, I haven't gone through the process yet, but I've been elected by my school, which is the first ever cohort in Hong Kong to be elected. You know, that's pretty, it's pretty badass. You know, I'm just gonna say it's pretty badass. 
and also, I mean, I've just learned a lot, you know, it's just really great to learn about these other initiatives and learning about the whole process, you know, going through this, you know, I never thought it's going to take six, seven months to like, you know, just tree plant, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I'll just go on a weekend, plant some trees, done, you know, that's my project, but no, it's the whole process. And you have to learn every step of the way. And, you know, it's been a really rewarding experience for me. So, so what about what about you? You know, as head ambassador of Asia. So, what well, what successes have you had? Very similar to you on the Unitar ambassador front. Um, Kenneth from uh, Kids from SDGs. Actually, the reason why I know him is actually he reached out to me on um, um, LinkedIn inviting me and recommending me to be a Unitar ambassador. So, um, wow. <laughs> and not that's as impressive great. as you, <laughs> but- um, <laughs> no, that's very, great, that's great. <laughs> very similar to that. Um, it all came from the experience of uh, being head ambassador of ESEA and being a, a conference coordinator for CDNS MUN before. So why I don't want to focus too much on like myself in terms of the successes, I really do think that uh, personal growth in terms of uh, going into a leadership position is a big part of it. Um, my experience and my failures from setting up a school chapter in CDNS has really put things into perspective. Uh, it was a very long process and I had to talk with a lot of teachers, but at the very end, I got a straight no because um, they were unwilling to um, associate with an external organization that talks about social issues and possibly political content um, and kind of put, the school's name on it. So I realized that with these challenges, I, I'm, I'm trying to make these challenges successes in the future because um, what I'm able to do now that I'm not a school ambassador anymore, I can help the school ambassadors from this term to kind of evade these challenges and obstacles. So I'm using myself as a case study for them. Um, so I've designed a system that's in a way, very, I would say innovative, to be honest. Um, I'm using a lot of different kinds of mediums to um, promote this. Um, you know, like with this website where you kind of uh, put um, different ideas on it and everyone can see it, it's like a board. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, my idea for like pro uh, promoting um, what projects they want to do. And they would just like find collaboration through that. And I'm also planning of, on using a Google Classroom um, for different uh, school ambassadors to, to find documents and also finish the micro tasks. So in a way, I'm kind of being a teacher, but not really, um, but I'm keeping track of their um, projects more efficiently because I realized with the disconnect and this year, um, that could be a major step towards uh, increasing communication within and between ESEA and um, schools in general. So I would not say I have had a lot of successes so far because this system has been completely refurbished and I am going to have um, interviews on Monday and Tuesday um, next week. So it's really only just begun, but I would say these steps are really looking pretty well uh, in terms of what I've learned from the past and kind of like the measures I've taken to um, avoid the obstacles um, that school ambassadors may face in the future. I mean, definitely, like, I understand, you know, some schools, you know, especially like independent organizations like CDNS, because like, I, I'm, Island School is part of English Schools Foundation. So, um, you know, if we, if they slap their name on it, it's the whole English Schools Foundation. So, you know, they're very wary of 
obviously sort of like the possible you know you know you might offend someone you might talk about something that's sensitive you know they don't want to really put their name on it i mean that's obviously a very difficult situation to put yourself in and for the school to put themselves in um so i definitely understand the struggles because you know um even though they may support it with 100 certainty you know they don't know if it might like you know turn away some students you know there's like many different issues that could potentially uh be a problem in that sense but yeah, in terms of your the the board, the idea board, I actually did. I was leading a group of year seven and eights, wow. um, and it's just teaching them on the importance of SDGs. And we actually had a board similar to that of like uh, them like creating projects, uh, them creating wow. like you know like their ideas and stuff. And you know they they came up with some quite like cool ideas that I never really thought about. Yeah. But you know. Uh, uh, I don't think they've done anything yet because, you know, they're your sevens and eights right. because you know, they, they'd rather spend their summer, you know, jumping at trampoline parks. Um, no, no, but, but I, because I, I was a year, you know, everyone's a year seven, eight before, so everyone knows, like, you know, you just want to like have fun. But, you know, I mean, I guess teaching them about this stuff will eventually make them do something in the future, which I think is the main goal for me now. It's just like, you know, putting the idea into their brain, you know, they like, it grows and grows and like, oh, you know what, let's do something. Let's, you know, save the oceans, let's save, you know, somewhere. Because I mean, look, look at the air outside today. It's terrible. Like, like it's really polluted, really foggy. Terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a problem affecting everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's been, it's been a good 20, 25 minutes so far. So let's, uh, end off the podcast with one final question, you know, as um, someone with so much experience, so much expertise, uh, I would like to ask you, <laughs> what three essential pieces of advice you give to students um, that want to do projects? So like, like, like what three pieces of advice that, you know, that could help them start a project or help them continue with it or help them, you know, make it better? Hey, um, first of all, I wouldn't say I have a lot of expertise when compared to you, <laughs> but um, I'll give my take on it as well. Um, just, just from my past experience uh, working with a government NGO, Mercy HK, um, actually working with them right now as well. Um, well hmm? Oh, no, no. I, I, so can you give me like a bit more about that organization? I don't know what that is. I just like I just heard uh, government okay. NGO and I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Mercy HK is, they've actually done a lot to help homeless people. Um, they're, wow. They've provided like, I think, um, 70 like um, rooms for uh, people to live in and over like, I'd say around 100 people are living in those places because they do share rooms. Um, but the founder of this NGO is uh, Father John and basically, He's a prison chaplain, but then he just really wants to help Hong Kong. And a lot of people actually compare him to the Mother Teresa of Hong Kong. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, um, right now I'm working in advocacy for them. I'm doing website designs. Um, wow. The management program. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot, but um, I really believe that these stories deserve to be um, kind of like spread out to the community because they yes. are really just so inspiring yes. but they have this website that looks really old and they also don't have an instagram and they have facebook 
So, <laughs> so in my head, it's like, how do you expect to reach to student voice, um, student communities, if you have a Facebook account and you also um have a really old website, right? Yeah, I mean, like, of, of course, like, say, so sorry to cut you off, just like, you know, obviously, yeah, no nobody uses Facebook anymore. I mean, like, you know, that may be a thing of like, you know, people like 30, 40. So like, I'm not calling them old. I'm just saying, like, you know, we're on to newer, more, you know, like, like, just like Instagram, you know, the website has to be colorful, you know, impactful. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, I also recently made my website, you know, it took me like, took me like four or five days to make it, you know, make it like colorful, make it nice, you know, you have to make it like like intriguing and you know of course you have to create instagram like you know that's like the basic you know you want to share photos you want to share ideas you know even twitter yeah so i i definitely think what you're doing for them as advocacy work is really helping them because they need it they really need it if they have a facebook account and their old website so i think what you're doing is great i think that's um even though this is not really related to isia and head ambassador yeah. but obviously um, with my experience in working di in different kinds of NGOs and different kinds of student organizations, it all comes to, at the end, after I leave the position or I stop putting as much focus in them, what I take away is experience. And with this particular aspect, I just kind of want to say, um, be unique and creative in your approach. Um, because I, that day when I went there, when I went to Father John, um, I was looking for an interview to work on my global politics IA. Oh. And during that, uh, he talked a lot about how they were getting too much donation, uh, which is actually a happy <laughs> problem. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that their stories and their organization really should be getting much more exposure to the media, uh, to student yeah. communities. So I'd say just like really be unique and creative in your approach. I just literally walked up to him and talked to him about this idea and pitched it on the spot. And he thought that it was really great. And he basically uh, paired me with a team of social workers and students. And that's really just um, how I got my position. So um, my second piece of advice would be, this is a bit cliche again, but really don't be afraid to ask for help and try to ask for help a lot. Um, when it comes to like my work in ISIA and as the head ambassador, I've asked for so much help. I've <laughs> continually talked to teachers, bugged them a lot on like what ideas I should um, kind of like manifest within ISIA. And I've talked to Aris, um, the president, mm -hmm. which I probably should have yeah. mentioned earlier, the president of ISIA. <laughs> um, so much, we've had like uh, meetings, we've had lots of chats and WhatsApp. And, at the very end, this is, I also think you should always be looking for opportunities to network. And I think this became more apparent to me when I went to the ISIA event with you, Jason. Um, I realized the number of opportunities you can get from a physical networking event and just from sharing really like your own ideas, no matter how like different they may seem. Like for example, you are doing, um, um, you're addressing like problems of climate change and I'm addressing problems of social issues. They may seem, it may seem like there's a disconnect, but I mean, here we are doing a podcast about it anyways, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I would love to um, hear your perspective on what three pieces of advice you would like to give our audience. Um, so to our audience who are still listening right now, um, 
I would give them pieces of advice such as, I mean, number one, you know, it's really difficult for a kid, you know, in Hong Kong or anywhere of that matter to make a difference. So like, don't be afraid to, to, to sort of venture your way into the world of, you know, climate change, you know, social issues, you know, any of those, just do something, you know, take some action, take some initiative. And I guarantee you, whatever you do will take you far. If you're really passionate and you're really, um, dedicated to really making a difference to the world, I guarantee you will make a difference. You know, like I thought the reason why I didn't really, I was reluctant to start this project. I was like, you know, it's gonna be so much work and I'm not even gonna like, you know, do anything with the world, you know, you know, the world's, the air is still gonna be bad, but you know, just go for it, just do something, take some action. And I think that's definitely, you know, that's, that's gonna be something. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, I think it would also be, you know, to ask for help because I've had a lot of help with like, um, some of my stuff, such as my website, you know, my, uh, some of my, uh, blog stuff, you know, I always have to ask Kenneth, you know, Jason Cohen, you know, Danny Harrington, you know, all these people, they've really, really helped me and mentored me to become, uh, a better founder of a project. I don't know, mm. but it really helped in terms of like, uh, for me to understand and for me to sort of evaluate everything, not to like jump into some things and making sure to like, you know, have a plan for each step of your process. And for number three, I say is to um, definitely collaborate, mm. which is very similar to your point. It's very cool. <laughs> but, uh, but collaboration, I mean, obviously like, you know, as you said before, our things are so different. Like one social issues, one to do with like human nature and you know, the world around us, mm. one's the air, you know, like two different things, but we are working for the same cause, you know, for the better future. So we have to learn, you know, never to turn away opportunities that, you know, help the future because, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing tree planting and coding, like, you know, one soil dirt and you know seeds one's computers and overnight and like two red bulls i don't know you know so different things and we combine them and we can make it work to achieving a better future so i think that's the three essential pieces of advice that i would give yeah so, for sure for sure, for sure. That's so i think great. i think i think we should end it off here i think this has been a really fruitful discussion um so thank you so much for being a part of carbon neutral's first ever podcast hey i'm very honored to be part of this podcast um was great having this conversation with you jason um yeah what yeah that's really great great conversation too you know like i learned a lot you know it was actually like more fun than i expected you know it's great (laughs) so do you want to drop any like name tags you want to drop like uh isia's instagram or the website drop Instagram. <laughs> you drop your Instagram. <laughs> nah, nah. Wait, um, follow um Isia on um Isia's Instagram, Isia HK. Um, yeah, so that's I S S I A dot H K. Yep. Uh, even I don't remember that. But yeah. <laughs> um, that's about it. Uh, do you want to promote some of your stuff? I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, obviously follow Carbon Neutral on Instagram, Carbon Neutral HK. 
and also um, go on the website carbonneutralworld.org to look at some cool blog stuff and what we do here at Carbon Neutral. So, you know, it's great. Okay, thank you.